0: Many of us begin entrepreneurship for the lifestyle and time freedom it can grant us. Yet, it's one of the first things we abandon in the early days while we're hustling to make it all work. In this episode, you will hear from guest Laura Murphy as she shares her Freedom Framework, a four-step process to systematize your business. This is how Laura went from working 100-hour weeks down to 20 and enabled her the time freedom she craved. You'll be surprised about what methods she uses, and you may find yourself following in her footsteps by the end of the episode. Hi, I'm Erin, a strategic money mastery coach on a mission to create a wealthy woman movement because I believe that wealthy women will change the world. Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast for creative female entrepreneurs looking to gain financial freedom. Over the last decade, I've learned how to capitalize on my time and streamline my business to work smarter, not harder. This podcast will include money-related mindset and management tips and practical business advice so you can do the same. I've brought multiple businesses to six and seven figures, co-developed a real estate empire with my sweet hubby Brent that has allowed us to pay off all debt, purchase our dream home, take vacations around the world, and spend more quality time together with our two daughters, Ava and Julie. I'm on a mission to help women entrepreneurs like you stop overworking so you can make more money without compromising or sacrificing the life of your dream. Abundance is yours for the taking, so grab your notebook and your favorite drink, and let's get into it. Hello, wealthy women. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Woman Podcast. I am so excited to have Laura on the podcast today welcome laura
1: hi thank you i'm so excited to be here and that this podcast is a real thing
0: (laughs) laura is one of my friends colleagues we um, have spent the past couple of years knowing each other and she is a wizard at systems and today we're going to talk about how to skyrocket your revenue potential with systems but before we dive into the main part of our conversation, Laura, will you just share a little bit about yourself, what you do inside of your business and who you are outside of the business?
1: Sure. So um, I will preface this by saying I'm an Enneagram seven and three equally. So like the visionary enthusiast, but also the achiever. I'm also a manifesting generator on human design, which if anybody knows anything about that, you and I learned a little bit about that together, but I have learned that it's just like the person that wants to do all the things. So that's me in a nutshell, but tangibly I started a wedding photography business in 2013 and then started doing brand photography somewhere around 2013. 2000- 14 or 15 was my first shoot and basically grew that photography business to a six-figure business, I think by 2015 or 16. And then I started Loralee Creative, which is my second brand. So Loralee Photography is the first one. Now we're on Loralee Creative. And that is basically serving creative entrepreneurs and independent business owners with uh, three different services right now. So brand photography, business coaching. I really like to focus on like vision and alignment coaching and helping people get clarity on the next step forward. And then system strategy, workflow design, CRM setup. So that's currently all under the roof of Laura Lee Creative, but we're working behind the scenes on the third business right now and moving a lot of that over there. So that's a little bit about what I do. And where do you live? Who are you outside of business? Give us yes. a um Yes. Yeah, so I'm in New Jersey, northern New Jersey, about 45-ish minutes to an hour outside of New York City. Don't like going to the city. I am a big outdoor person. So me and my husband, Scott, who Erin and her husband know, we bought an RV in October, so we're huge travelers. We've been together almost 11 years, and I think we've been to 17 countries together and like 20-something states. So we really love traveling. We met abroad. We have a cat named Tucker who we are obsessed with, and I think anything that gets us outside, we enjoy. So fire pits, kayaking, hiking, skiing, snowboarding, all of those things. And we are big fans of breweries and wineries. We luckily live in a place where there are a zillion of them. So we are frequently going to wineries and breweries and just hanging outside, getting a little picnic blanket and going and hanging. We just did that over the weekend. We just got a blanket and sat on. the. We went up to Rhode Island for the weekend. Never been. Um, And we just got a little blanket and had a four-hour picnic out on the rocks. And I was like, oh. This is a dream. What a life. I love it. <laughs> it's a dream.
0: You're like, yeah, I'll get back to you on that. I'm just out sailing with Scott right
1: now.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. Well, Definitely was. Yeah, so fun. Well, I know that our listeners can already tell that you are a very dynamic and successful um, business owner, and we're going to dive specifically into systems today, and I believe that You know, you are an expert at this. I know that HoneyBook and you are collaborative together and um, you're a huge asset to them and they are to you. And we know that through systems, you can really harness the potential to make more revenue. And every guest that I come on that comes onto the show, we're really focusing on diving deep and really practically into our guest expertise with the hope that through that our audience is going to gain a skill, gain a perspective, gain a nugget that's going to help them in building their wealth. And so today let's dive right into our conversation around systems. And first, I just want to kind of hear like, What are some of the biggest systems you've seen make a difference in your business that makes you so passionate about this uh, for others?
1: Yeah, so I always am focused on what my service-based client journey system is, so that I call it a workflow. So from A to Z, from the second a contact form comes through, whether it is for a wedding, brand, coaching, system strategy, what is the client journey from the second that contact form comes through all the way through executing and delivering that service. So whether that's a gallery of photos, a coaching, you know, action guide, whatever it is, there are five parts to any client-based system, which would be your inquiry, your booking, onboarding, Executing the service, we just call it service execution, and then offboarding. And I think going to a restaurant is a really good example. So when you walk into a restaurant, you're greeted by a hostess, you're given a menu, like this is your inquiry process. Um, booking kind of is, it could happen ahead of time if you're like booking a reservation, but it's also just paying at the end. Um, onboarding is when. If somebody's coming over to your table and they're telling you about the menu, they're telling you about the wine list, they're telling you the specials and they're bringing bread and filling your water, all that stuff. And we want to create a really good onboarding experience and then executing the service at a restaurant would just be, you know, making the food. They're doing all these behind the scenes things and then they're bringing you the food. You're eating it. That is the actual service. And then offboarding is getting them to pay if it's at a restaurant asking for a review on yelp telling you know hope you had a great experience with us please come back and we had a really good experience when we were out visiting you guys in indianapolis we went to a really cute little hole-in-the-wall restaurant on some corner and they brought champagne and i was like we didn't order champagne they just like brought champagne this is like this is our palate cleanser i was like wow what a great onboarding experience i need to write about this um so client systems by far are always, always what I focus on first. I am primarily a service-based, you know, business to client is, well, it's business to business, but it is client-based. So I always focus on that since that's the bulk of my time. And I'm always trying to streamline that because the more I streamline, the more clients I can take on, which means the more revenue I can make put back into the business, other investments, all the things. Yes.
0: Yeah, so you, thanks for tying that into what yeah. you see, right. There's a, a capacity you're able to take on more clients, but how else do you feel like, like setting up that system and that client experience? How do you see that in turn, like really benefiting a business? And I'm sure you have examples as well.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, whole well, tangibly we helped set up one of our client systems. She was a photographer doing mini sessions. She used to do 50 mini sessions a year. That was like her capacity. She didn't have any workflows. She didn't have systems, no email templates, not a really automated booking process and was doing 50 mini sessions out of her house. That was time cap And obviously a money cap as well, if you're only doing 50, which to me, I would never want to do more than 50, but she's like, I want to grow this. I just feel like I can't. And so we, she came to one of my retreats and we helped her create better automated systems. And now she's doing 1200 to 2000 mini sessions for a Christmas event. And so this has become like a six figure revenue stream alone for her versus it used to be, you know, two grand to five grand that she was making on these mini sessions and so now she employs her entire family including her four kids and it's the coolest thing ever but uh, so many other benefits obviously to me it is a delivering a better client experience so I always want to be proactive in my communication with clients and so much of a system is just good communication and I think that comes in from like following up on the proposal, guiding them through education about what they need to know. So as a wedding photographer, I would always create the timeline for them. I would send emails about what to wear for your engagement session and the best time to best time and season for engagement photos. And so I'm always just trying to educate clients on the service and make sure that they feel held throughout working with me. And so huge benefit is obviously client experience one of the main benefits for me though time freedom is really my core value and I specifically recently have been thinking about how I think in society there's obviously this like underlying current of like hustle 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 and it's just one way to success or you can have success but not a thriving personal life or you can be super fit, but then you will have to sacrifice things in your business. And I'm like, why can't we have both and like, why can we not be rested and thriving in our relationships and our marriage and our friendships and our personal life and our business at the same time? So for me, systems were the way to do that because I went from working Sometimes 100 hours a week back in the beginning of my business, down to 20 or less in my wedding photography business. And so, that alone, like, as you can imagine, when you gain 80 hours, your friendships get better, your marriage gets better, your self care gets better. And so, that was this trickle down effect for me to honestly start to transform every area of my life. And when I got those 80 hours back initially, we'll call like 60 to 80 hours. So I was a workaholic working all the time, like 18 hour days nonstop. But I had all these other ideas in my head and you seven coming in and I was like, I want to do all these things. And I knew I wanted to do them when I was working all of that time, but there was no adding anything to the plate back then. So when I got all my workflows in place, I got HoneyBook in place, which is my CRM. I got email templates in place. So I just basically streamlined everything and we can totally talk about like a four-step process that I have for this. But when I did that, that's when I had time to start the second business. Cause so I was like, Oh, cool. This has got 80 hours back. Let's, let's start this next fashion. And so that's definitely something for me too. That's where the the achiever side comes in of just always wanting to step into my own potential and make the impact that I think that I can make. And you need time to do that. So time freedom is huge for me. Um, I just think that, that I'm so glad that you
0: brought up time freedom and when we when I think about the definition of a wealthy woman it is not just monetary it's not just about the cash that we have cash flow cash piles yes those are definitely aspects and big significant parts of uh, when we think about a wealthy woman but a wealthy woman has time freedom she Mm -hmm. has energy freedom she has the ability to be present in relationships to you know be able to um go down her creative ventures have have the ability to to take the rv and travel and that is like what a lot of times money can buy us and in a sense you you're saying and showing us like systems can help you get more money it can help you get more time and that's exactly what um we're working to achieve as we think about um working towards becoming wealthy so mm-hmm. let's dive into your system. Yeah. Um, I know you have a framework. So can you give us like high level? What's the name or the the acronym or
1: whatever for your framework? And then let's dive into each part. Sure. Um. Okay. So my fun working name is the Freedom Framework, but I also like alliteration. So it's also the 4S Framework. Both of those things alliterate, but there are basically four steps to it. They all start with S. So the first step is structure. The second step is streamline. The third is systematize and the fourth is scale. And I can dive into all of those. if yes. you would like. Let's start. Okay. Let's okay. start with the first S. Okay, so first S is structure, and the goal of the structure phase is basically to map out A to Z what you do for one specific service or product journey. So even if somebody listening to this is a product-based business, what happens when the customer makes a purchase and this and that? So it's really just like a checklist, but it's a checklist including Every email you send, every contract you send, invoice, proposal, reminder, scheduler link. So even with your podcasting, you know, all these reminders we got like that, that is the structure. So the structure is just saying send this reminder 24 hours before, send this reminder one hour before. But if you're a service based business, like we worked with a wedding planner recently who had 169 steps in her structure phase. So it was, You know, answer the client, have a consultation, send the proposal, a proposal follow-up, number one, number two, number three. And it's everything over a two-year span that she's doing. And all these people, everybody's just keeping that all in their head, which is mind-blowing to me. I mean, I wanna say more power to you that you can do that, but I don't think anybody's actually doing that effectively. So that's where structure comes in. So this is what you do A to Z. And that's phase that. one. And for,
0: that's so practical, too. Like, people listening could literally get a pen and a piece of paper out and think about what is your structure A to Z yeah, through yeah. one service, and like right away, then that could bring so much clarity on what is my structure. Oh, yeah, I forgot this piece, and like that's a huge way to automate and systematize. I love that. Yes,
1: yes. So, then you go into phase two. So, part of Phase one, though, this is the advanced part is figuring out what all the automation triggers and potential can be of each of these steps. So then I kind of do this in the streamline phase. But once I have everything listed out, I go in and tag things and I do all my structure in ClickUp. So I go in and tag things based on what can be templated. So what is an email template that I need to write? Do I need to create a proposal template? Do I need to purchase a contract template? Do I need to create a questionnaire template to like fix this bottleneck? So I go in and I tag everything that needs to be templatized. Um, And then I also go through every single manual task in there. So for example, in my wedding photography workflow, there's a task to um, record mileage of the drive to the wedding and back. And there's an app that can do that. I can run in the back of my phone called MileIQ. And that is something that during the streamline phase, I was going through every single step and saying, okay, I need to track mileage. What's the most efficient way to track mileage? And then I Googled it and MileIQ came up. I downloaded the app and now it happens automatically. And so, I go through every single step in that structure phase. And I say, how can I do this faster? How can I do it more efficiently? Can I delegate this? Can I templatize it? Can it be like fully automated by an app?
0: Will you repeat that? So you go through and you ask yourself these five questions when you're in the streamlining phase, will you repeat those?
1: Yes, totally went off the cuff. Um, So can I do this faster or more efficient? can i delegate this can i automate this with an app or program crm can i templatize this and um yeah the the, yeah i think i said is can i make this faster or more efficient i think i had those as two questions but i might have forgotten one but nope that was uh, it you're right you're so on it yeah so that's what i do so basically going through every step in the structure phase. And I'm asking those questions. And I actually have this whole framework. Honestly, I'm going to forget all the R's right now, but I call it the six R's of streamlining. Repeat is one of them. So repeat means an email, template, questionnaire, proposal, whatever, any type of template that I have to send to every client of the same service. So for coaching, I always send my coaching proposal and my coaching welcome guide. And so that is something that repeats across every client. Um, and then there's also uh, roadblock was one of them. So that's like another level of the streamlined phase. And I would go through because a lot of people when I'm on either a podcast interview or a clear you know, consultation with somebody, one of the things I want to ask is what their roadblocks are. What's what's the bottleneck? What are the time sucks within their process? So many people are like, it takes me four hours to write a proposal. And I'm like, what? Why? It takes me three minutes to send a proposal. And it's just because they don't have a template. And so I could be editing for a photographer. And so those are the things that I'm like, right, how do we outsource this? How do we get it off of your plate? Because the more a business owner frees up Their time from the things that aren't making money in their business, the more they get to spend time either with their family or doing things that make more money in their business. We should definitely make sure there's a quote for that, like exclamation points, like confetti flying out. Like that is it,
0: Laura. That's it.
1: Yes. And I think that every business owner really needs to decide whether or not they want to maintain a certain level of business or whether or not they want to continually grow the business. Because I think that systems are great to do either, either they save you 75% of your time and you're like, cool, I get to go be a mom and still like keep my business part-time with a full-time income. Or you get to say, great. I'm what I did. I saved 75% of time on my wedding photography business and poured that into starting another business. And now me and Scott are starting like, real estate stuff. And so I just keep shaving down time in my businesses and then starting other businesses. <laughs> so that's, that's what happens My a real entrepreneur. I <laughs> yes. you're talking my language, I get Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's the streamline phase. Ultimately just like templatize everything that can be templatized. And then we go into phase three. If you're ready for it. Taking notes. Okay. Cool. Um, so phase three, I call it the systematized phase. I don't even know if that's a word, to be honest, but we're making it one. We are making it one. So basically, this phase is all about putting all of those things into a task management system or a client management system. So client management would be something like HoneyBook. That's what I use. Um, other examples would be like Dubsado, um Tave... Uh, I'm totally blanking right now, but there's like a lot of CRM. So client relationship management is what CRM stands for. And that is where I manage all of my clients. So that's all I'm taking all of those templates. I'm taking all of those tasks and I'm putting them into a CRM in like the proper places the other option during this phase is using a task management system. So I know you use ClickUp, I believe. Um, yay! Finally. Um, so and HoneyBook. We use. Yay! One. Awesome. Yeah. So I use both as well. So ClickUp. Trello, Asana, Monday.com. Those are all examples of a task management system. Um, I think project management system is probably more so what they're called, but I think that gets confusing because to me, a CRM is also a project management system, but basically we're just taking everything. And this could also just be Gmail too. Like if you don't have a CRM, but you wrote all these email templates. That's where I started. I turned on the canned email option in my Gmail settings. And then I saved all my templates as you know, canned emails in Gmail. So it's really just, we want to take everything out of the Google doc and put it into the place where you're actually sending these templates from. Cause so many people were like, yeah, I have an email template. And I'm like, where is it? Then I like, got it on my phone note. And I'm like, so you have to go cop, find the note, copy, paste it every time you want to send it. That's not efficient. So just taking it, putting it into the system where those things are going to be actually used is phase three. Um, and for our listeners who,
0: you know, they've been in business for a while and they are running, you know, close to, if not already six figure, multi six figure brands, the investment into a Honey Book and Sierra, like these systems is like, uh, I mean, we've already talked about getting 75% of our time back and like what we can do with our time, whether it's, you know, more money or more happiness or joy or peace or connection or whatever it is at this phase in your business, this seems to be a no brainer. And I know for sure, as you work with lots of clients who are currently listening to the show you know, many times we're under under underutilizing these tools. And so I think Mm -hmm. even this conversation is showing how robust these systems could be to help us in in expanding our impact and our time.
1: Yes. And like with that, the important thing, like the end goal of all of this, I think that's important to know too, because when I first created a workflow, I think it was 2015, it was on a piece of paper and I like printed, I, typed it up, printed a little checklist. And every time I had a session, I would just like print it out, write the client's name at the top. And i would like, check on the checklist, which works if you have a couple of clients, like not, I love, you know, paper to-do lists. I'm all for it. But A, when you're running a team and you're trying to scale and grow the business and B, once you get to the point where you have, I would say more than eight clients that you're trying to manage, a paper pile of paper checklists is like not going to cut it and spreadsheets, are not going to cut it. So the end goal of this workflow, ClickUp, HoneyBook, all of these things, is that they are telling you what to do every single day for your projects. Because within your structure phase, this is where I started to talk about, you want to figure out what the automation triggers are. And that means something that HoneyBook can read. ClickUp has it too, but I'm not going to go into that. HoneyBook or your CRM can read this task and say, oh, your trigger said that this was due four months before somebody's project date. And it is now four months before their project date. And so there's a little task list within HoneyBook. And as long as you have your workflow automations applied to every project, HoneyBook will say, hey, Erin, it's time to send this questionnaire to Laura. It's time to do this task for Brent. It's time to do thing for Ava um and so we just have all of these things in HoneyBook and so I say it, it basically come becomes the Alexa for your business if you were to set up a reminders app with her um hopefully she's not turning on um she would say okay Laura it's I'm time to water listening. your plants I know uh, but she would be like oh it's time to water your plants it's time to order dinner it's time to you know turn off the oven whatever um and Honeybook basically becomes that for your business so when i was doing uh 28 weddings i think was the most that i shot in a year and then 90 or so like full portrait sessions at the height um you know i was not i would drop dead before managing that all in my head and so many people i think are just losing sleep because they don't know that that option exists within a CRM or within ClickUp and so it's a lot of upfront work but once it's done just the sky is the limit so that's phase three is systematized.
0: Love it people are probably just like drooling (laughs) to you, and like whoa the capabilities like I'm probably identifying how much time they're wasting how much money they're leaving on the table all that so amazing all right what's the fourth one let's dive in.
1: Fourth and last one is what I call the scale phase, and this is where you are taking everything from your structure phase, and you are writing an SOP for it. So, if somebody's unfamiliar with that um, acronym, then it stands for standard operating procedure or standard operating process. But basically, you are writing out how you want that task done. How do you do that task? You could either write it out in paragraph form. It could be a bunch of bullet points for this is how I this is how I call photos. This is how I edit. And I'm just using photography because it's my easy example since I do that. But you could also call it your playbook, like your business playbook. But how does every single task get done? Where does it get done? Who is responsible for doing it? What's the timeline given? So it can either be written. It can be a screen recording of a video of how you do something. So when, you know, when we take courses from educators and I have a workflow course for photographers, but when we do that, there's so many times where they're screen sharing the back end of their computer, like, this is how I edit, this is how I call, blah, 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 this is how I blog. And that's basically an SOP. And so when you are looking to get to a point where you want to scale your business and remove yourself from parts of the business that you don't need to be involved with, you create an SOP. And that's why it's called scale because you're scaling your team. You're scaling your role, your time, your CEO role. And so that's basically the fourth step. And it by far takes the longest. Like I'm still... Every day, just like working a little bit on SOPs. Every time we hire somebody new, I'm like, all right, what SOPs do I need to extract from my head and give to you? And now, like, we're running a boutique agency doing workflow and system design and honeybook setup. And I basically do the sales calls, and there's so many, there's like 160 steps of what we do. And I basically don't. I do still take on clients within the agency, but I don't have to because we have SOPs all set up. So our strategists just say, okay, I have to do this, 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 this. This is how I do it. Here's a video, Laura's recording it, explaining how it's done. So that's the fourth phase. And that to me is what really helps the business go from, I'm just saving time to, I'm really able to skyrocket my revenue, my you know, gross profit, all of that stuff because that's when you are really starting to increase your capacity because I went from being the only strategist being able to do like 3 clients a month to now being able to do 14 clients a month. So, um, and you know, we could take more if we had more strategists, but um so yeah, so that is the fourth phase and that's like the best because then you get to be in your zone of genius as the business owner and get rid of all the other stuff that other people like to do it's like a magical thing that other people like to write emails and schedule (laughs) meetings i'm like bless my amazing assistant because i hate this and she's like i love it (laughs) okay
0: beautiful i love it i actually just recorded a little training on how money can buy you time Uh And this is like the same concept of what we're talking about is being able to outsource, being able to outsource in our business, being able to outsource. I was talking about that as well in our personal lives and systems and SOPs and things that might not sound sexy are very sexy because they do that. Just that for us, they allow us to stay in our zone of genius. This is what allows people to say, I work 15 hours a week. I make six figures. I pay myself the salaries to pay Mm -hmm. myself, you know, doing 60 hours of work. I mean, this is really, really huge for people. Do you have like a story, whether it's your own or like a client where you can like just say like, this is what happened because they followed my four step like process here, like Mm -hmm. tangibly, this is how they were able to step into their power, into their wealth more significantly.
1: Yeah, I can give mine and I can give one of my coaching clients who I know like followed this to a T. Um, so, cause you know, you could tell people what to do, but not everybody's going to do it. Um, even though they know it's good for them, but for myself with my photography business, we tripled revenue and increased referrals by 1200% when I, implemented this whole four-step process and that brought us to six figures it then eventually brought me to a six-figure profit um or like on the cusp of i think i was like 200 short so we're just gonna we're call, gonna call it, it we're gonna call it baby. Um, and so then that like opened me up to start the second business, which also had revenue, of course. So that was great. We have grown our team to like four core people. And then my mom also is our bookkeeper. So she would be like our fifth and she's start, she has always done. Stuff in the wedding business. She's probably going to start doing stuff in the workflow side of things. But yeah, so it allowed me to like grow a team and grow the revenue significantly from just being a burned out, overworked, underpaid artist. um no so tripling your revenue employing mm-hmm. people that you
0: love increasing your referrals by 1200 percent yeah it was a crazy stat. amazing <laughs> what? and how, what did it do with your time I mean I know you 75 uh, percent of your time was recaptured or something like that
1: yeah it was about 1200 hours over the course of a year unreal yeah a lot <laughs> so that's literally more than 50% of a full-time job. So it's, was insane the first time. And that was just in the photography business. And then I started doing it in this new business too, where we just launched new offers. So basically like anytime somebody launches a new offer, a new service or new product, this is the step that I walk through. I walk through, what is the structure so what's the workflow what are all the things we have to do how do we streamline it so i just finished creating 50 something email templates for our new services three new proposal templates a new welcome guide um all of these different things and so that was uh basically my streamline phase and then i put it all into HoneyBook and into ClickUp. and then i wrote all our sops so that our strategists didn't feel like they're you know, head was on fire all the time. So yeah. So that's my example. One of my coaching clients, she was looking to start an associate side of her photography business and everything was in her head though. She didn't have anything in HoneyBook. She didn't have any email templates. She wanted to employ her sister-in-law, I believe. And also a bunch of other moms in the community who just wanted like a part-time job whether that was going to be an album designer or a studio manager or an associate photographer that she was going to train. And so we worked together first in a workflow and system like Honeybook setup capacity, and then moved into coaching. But she had sent an email and she's like, I just feel like a completely different person. I have, you know, five, women, five moms on my team now. And like I employ my sister-in-law and all these people. And so I think it really has the most impact when somebody already has the marketing acumen down and they have more inquiries and clients that they know what to do with. And then it's like, okay, cool. Let me wrangle this all in and divvy it up to other potential team members. And so I think that's when it has a really big impact. But for me, it also had a huge impact of giving me time to do marketing because I was always just a slave to the day-to-day, like cull, edit, writing blogs, doing all these things. And I was like, I don't have time to go on Instagram. I don't have time to write newsletters and do all these things. So I was in the things that weren't making money and bringing in more clients. And I got to a point where I was like, I don't even want another client. I have too many. I'm burnt out. And I was like, this, that's stupid. Um, You know, figure it out, Laura. So and I mean, you can totally limit yourself if you don't. You, not everybody needs to grow a team or outsource or anything. And then I think the beauty of it is that you got to maintain your business in less time, but making the same amount. Yes. I
0: love how you said that. It can be about maintaining it or it can be about creating momentum for it to scale. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> you brought us so much value, so much gold. We're about to get into our big rapid fire questions. But before, mm-hmm. and I know you've kind of like lent little little sneak peeks of this, but I'd love for you just to share how has this, like uh, the ability to create systems for you, how has it been able to create financial security and long-term wealth for mm-hmm. your family, for you and stuff?
1: Yeah, so I think ultimately I was able to create more revenue and give myself time to learn about what to do with that, so I always say obviously we're all we all know there's a roi on financial investments that's something that people are always thinking of, but there's also an roi on our time investments, and when I was able to free up time to learn about you know learn with you more about money mindset and management when I was had time to learn more about stocks and Scott had more time to learn about real estate stuff and all of these things that's when you know I I took all of the money that we got for our wedding and I put it into the stock market and it has tripled because I had time instead of having my hair on fire, to sit on my porch for three hours and research Yahoo Finance and do all of these things. And so if you can create more time, you can create more money if you're a competent person, which everybody listening to this podcast is a very competent, successful, badass person. So I think that is ultimately what helped create more because i was making more had time to figure out what to do with that and then i invested in scott and i invest in real estate through his company we'll start doing it independently soon too and then also um i invest in like the stock market and stuff too so and then my you know, retirement funds and all that good stuff. But I think those are the things. I am gonna steal a quote from Aaron's husband here. He always says, "Like your dollars, you know, need to go out and do work for you. They're they're your soldiers. They're going out to war." I'm probably butchering it, but that's how I uh, envision it. And so you want your business to be something that is bringing in income, paying for your lifestyle. But if you can have left over to then invest in other things that can accrue more wealth for you without putting in time for money, then chef's kiss. Heck yes. That's what I'm all about. That's what you're all about.
0: And thank you for showing us a a really specific way that many of us need to be leaning into our systems in order to be able to um, have more time freedom to be able to build more wealth or have more da- dynamic life be a more intentional mom or whatever that is for the the listener so this was so beautiful thank you laura for um being so generous and sharing um it's really amazing
1: Yeah, it was so fun thank okay let's dive me.
0: into these rapid fire questions perfect ready Yes. All right. What's your earliest memory of money and how has that impacted you?
1: Probably hosting a lemonade stand when I was like four or five or... Um, probably around the same time I had, I was saying this to my friend the other day. I'm like, this is probably like cursed me for life, but I had a chore chart. I got gold stars. Every time I did a chore, I got, I don't know, 10 cents or a dollar or whatever my allowance was for every star I got. So the more stars you get, the more money you make. And I was like, that probably hurt my entrepreneur mindset because it makes you think at a young age the more you do, the more you make, which isn't necessarily true. Um, But those are some of my earliest memories and that's a limiting belief. I have to rewire because of that.
0: Yes. It's one of mine too, that I uh, am constantly, money can flow to me easily. It doesn't have to be just like this, like the anti-hustle anti-grind stuff that we're both about, you know? Yeah. What's your money moment that you're most proud of? Um.
1: I would say my first ever product launch. I don't think I've done this since, but the first time I launched, I did a 30K launch on a $197 product. And it was in... I know. And then I feel like I honestly... Usher does this too with his music, by the way. He's like afraid to release another album because he is afraid that it won't do as good as the other ones. And so I always want to have upward trajectory instead of just like that to me felt like a home run. I'm like, oh, what if the next one's a base hit? So I just like avoid putting all this stuff out there because of that. But I was very proud of that. It was my first time ever doing a webinar, ever launching anything. It was the first time in the online space. And so that was really, really cool. Um, that's amazing. And yes, we need to work around the, the Sunday
0: scripties or whatever that is. I'm seeing a block, but we won't go into coach. Mode right now. Um what's your hardest learning around money?
1: Oh gosh. Um The hardest lesson I've learned around money. Um I think this sounds stupid, but that you can always make more and it's not finite. It's not finite in your life. It's not finite this month. Um, it's not finite today. And so I think that I allow what my life and business is now to dictate decisions I'm making now versus what the potential could be if I say yes to those decisions, um, both financially and time wise. And so I feel like I'm always afraid to make investments that I know are going to be really good for me. because I'm afraid to take the risk now, but in reality, whatever, if I'm at a couple thousand bucks, I'll make it, make it back. But I just, it's so hard to like get that out of your yeah, It's like that battle.
0: Like, you know, it, but you don't. Yeah. And I'm sure so many people listening can resonate. If I were to give you $100,000 right now, what would
1: you do with it? Um, I would invest in team. So either bringing people on for more hours, probably bringing on marketing and launch specific people and hire a website designer to get the dang thing off the ground and then with what is left i would go and research stocks or real estate and put what's left over there and make that go to work i love it get those
0: soldier dollars yeah
1: (laughs) okay last question if you're being real bougie what do you splurge on Probably some sort of travel experience. I feel like, you know me, I'm probably the least bougie person ever. Um, But definitely travel or food, like good charcuterie board. Yeah, good charcuterie board, good cocktail. I just had lavender goat cheese for the first time in my life on Friday. I am am now um, coming to you from the grave because I have died and gone to heaven. It is amazing if anybody has the opportunity just splurge for cheese. the lavender goat cheese. it'll change your life
0: oh my gosh <laughs> I love it, Laura uh, I could talk to you forever um, thank you so much for being so transparent about your own um, challenges around money and the way that you've gone about growing your own wealth and I know that people will walk away from this conversation being impacted and knowing that they need systems help and so where can they find you? Where are you hanging out on the internet, on social? How can they connect with you?
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so right now everybody can find me at Lauralee Creative on Instagram and lauraleecreative.com online. If uh, you can't find that, it's because we have rebranded the name of the company, which is going to be Find Your Freedom Co. So depending on when this comes out and when I actually get my butt around to launching this new brand, uh, just search for at Find Your Freedom Co. on Instagram and hopefully we will be there. Amazing. We should manifest that, that that's
0: going to happen by the time this... Show yes. airs, But we'll put that in the show notes so that everyone can come connect with you. And Laura, I know you have a freebie for us and we are excited to jump into it. Will you share a little bit about what that is?
1: Yeah. Um. So I have a little free ebook. I call it the Freedom Framework, Seven Lessons to Create More Joy, Ease, Freedom and Abundance in your business and life so my little blurb is that just quitting your day job for your dream business doesn't necessarily mean you'll have freedom in your life so this goes through foundational lessons I have learned after growing three businesses to have more time financial lifestyle purpose freedom and creativity as you build a business that you love Ooh, that sounds juicy that's yeah, amazing All right, people will be signing up for
0: that. We'll put the link in the show notes for that as well. And um, Laura, again, thank you for this conversation. I know that people are going to be eager to connect with you and to implement even some of the things that you've talked about in this conversation to be able to streamline and harness systems to be able to increase revenue, increase time, increase joy.
1: Thank you. You're amazing. I love that whole tagline. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe so you can access all the latest episodes. And while you're at it, would you take a few minutes to leave a review? This will spread the word and spread the Wealthy Woman Movement. Are you inspired to take your money mindset management to the next level? Head to www.arenbridgman.com and join the waitlist for the Wealthy Woman Intensive. The doors to my coaching program only open a few times a year and sponsor are limited, so be sure to join the waitlist so you can be the first to hear when a new cohort begins. Cheers for now!